Warning! The following podcast contains strong language, which some listeners may find offensive. If you do... Up yours! That's only if you don't listen to the podcast. Otherwise, not up yours. Did you know the Untitled Wrestling Podcast is on all of the social media outlets? Give us a like, follow, share, subscribe, or even a review if you're feeling generous. Facebook and YouTube at Untitled Wrestling Podcast. Twitter, Twitch, and Discord at Untitled Rest Pod. Alright, it's the Untitled Wrestling Podcast. We're back once again for another episode and our review of NXT 2.0. I'm Troy. Whoa, whoa, whoa. isn't this NXT UK? No, mate. Okay. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> you knew what you were getting yourself in for. <laughs> That's, oh my name's Troy, uh, and I'm joined today by Jay, because Aaron has got the lurgy. Uh, lost so his voice. Lost his voice, he can he talk, which which isn't necessarily a bad thing. No, it's probably, if anything, it's a good thing. <laughs> a blessing in disguise. <laughs> How are I'm you, mate? Good. I'm okay, I'm okay. Good man, good man. Um... Before we get into the review, as usual, we do have some tiddy tidbits. Uh, we'll do yesterday, which is a time of recording, the 22nd of December. And we'll also do today, which is the 23rd of December. So on the 22nd of December, uh, one birthday of note, that is Carney legend himself, the dangly Doc Gallows, born in 1983. I've got two pay-per-views uh, or events of note uh, on this day. One of them uh, in 2017 in El Cajon, California. Rey Mysterio presents Lucha Wonderland. What? Lucha, Sorry, what? Lucha Wonderland. Rey Mysterio presents Lucha Wonderland. <laughs> Wonderland. Yeah. Whoa, it's... you've missed out a birthday there, pal. Ha- have I, pal? Who's? Yeah, the original Sinkara. Oh, Mystico. Yeah. Oh, okay. 1982. Mr. There you go. Uh, yeah. Lucha Wonderland, mate. Black Danger mm. and Steve Payne beat the team of Black Diamond and Eli Everfly. Uh, Masquerita Dorado and Willie Mack defeated Famous B and Ron McDonald. Name Redacted and Laura James defeated Scorpio Sky and Tyre Valkyrie. Bestia 666 and De- uh, Damien 666 defeated B-Boy and Tyler Bateman. And in the main event, Rey Mysterio Jr. and Rocky Romero defeated John Hennigan and Luchasaurus. Well, jo- Johnny Dino and Luchasaurus. That's it. And the second pay-per-view in 2006 from an unknown arena in Hartford, Connecticut, Ring of Honor presents International Challenge. Uh, this looks to be a pretty decent card. Um, I don't know if there's opening match now, however. Uh, Jason Blade against Pele Primu. Uh, Austin Aries versus Eddie Edwards. Um, he defeated Eddie Edwards in that match. Adam Pearce defeated Delirious. BJ Whitmer and Daisy Hayes defeated Jimmy Jacobs and Mercedes Martinez. Colt Cabana defeated Brent Albright. Chris Hero and Claudio Casignoli defeated uh, J.M. Mark Briscoe. Respect on the kings of wrestling's name. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Brian Danielson defeated Homicide, Jimmy Rave, and Nigel McGuinness. Rest in peace, Jimmy Rave. Uh, That was in a four-corner survival match for the FIP World Heavyweight title. I don't know what the FIP title is. Any ideas? Um, It's the Full Impact Pro. It was kind of like a feeder system for Ring of Honor. Oh, okay. Okay. 
Um, Roderick Strong defeated Davy Richards by count out uh, to retain the FIP World Heavyweight title. And in the main event for the Ring of Honor World Tag Team titles, the team of Christopher Daniels and Matt Seidel defeated Seema and Shingo to retain the titles. Cheeky Shingo for the boys. Cheeky Shingo for the boys. Let's go like to the... the Jimmy Rave got absolutely covered in toilet paper in that match. <laughs> as as was the style at the time. <laughs> we'll go to the 23rd of December. There are a couple of birthdays of note. In 1976, Jamie Noble was born. And in yes, 1980, Rob Terry. Remember him? Oh, God. Not Rob Terry. <laughs> that had big, tasty noises. Also, <laughs> because it doesn't say it by his actual name, in 1962, the great Muta. Oh, who? Oh, Kaiju is that Kaiju Muta? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I see. Nice. Um, two pay-per-views. Uh, we'll go to 2000. Uh, from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, ECW <coughs> presents Holiday Hell 2000. In the opening match, Chili Willie and the Blue Boy go to a no contest draw. For the ECW tag team titles, Amish Roadkill and Danny Doring defeated the team of Spanish Angel and Tony DeVito. Bulls Mahoney defeated Bilvis Wesley. Never heard of him. Jerry Lynn defeated Spike Dudley. C.W. Anderson defeated Super Crazy. Nova defeated, uh, oh no, sorry, no contest draw. Uh, Nova and Easy Money. Uh, in a six-person tag match, Chris Hamrick and Easy Money and Julio De Nero defeated Christian York, Joey Matthews and Tommy Dreamer. God, you can tell this was the, the dying days of it, ECW. This was when WCW had like, literally like, raid at ECW for like a load of the big names so they were trying to like make new stars very quickly yeah I was just saying I don't recognise a lot Joey of... Matthews or Joey Mayhew oh okay Christian York and Joey Matthews were a very good tag team okay um, Julio De Niro uh, tagged with CM Punk in the early days of TNA alright yeah in a tag team match two out of three falls Mikey Whipwreck and Yoshihiro Tajiri, defeated by submission Little Guido and Tony Mamaluke. And in a three-way dance for the ECW World Heavyweight title, Steve Carino successfully defended against Just Incredible and The Sandman. Yes, Steve Carino. Yes, Steve Carino. One... Coffee. Very good coffee. Yeah. Nice. One more pay-per-view for the 23rd in 2011 from the Hammerstein Ballroom in New York City. Ring of Honor presents Final Battle. Uh, Mike Elgin defeated TJ Perkins. Tommaso, I don't know why I said it like that. Tommaso Champa <laughs> defeated Jimmy Rave. Uh, Jay Lethal defeated El Generico and Mike Bennett in a three-way elimination to retain the Ring of Honor World Television title. Kevin Steen defeated Steve Carino with Jimmy Jacobs as special guest referee. Caprice Coleman and Cedric Alexander defeated Harlem Bravado and Lancelot Bravado. Um, Harlem Bravado being Andre Chase. Oh, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, this was the first match in a gauntlet tag match. So <clears throat> from that, Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole defeated Caprice Coleman and Cedric Alexander. Matt and Nick Jackson then defeated Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly. Matt and Nick Jackson then went on to defeat Kenny King and Rhett Titus to win the gauntlet tournament. 
Next match, Roderick Strong defeated Chris Hero. Uh, Jay and Mark, the Briscoes, defeated Charlie Haas and Shelton Benjamin to become the new Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions. And in the main event for the Ring of Honor World Heavyweight title, Davy Richards successfully defended against Eddie Edwards in a match that went for 41 minutes. That was a very good match. Sounds it. Four stars, yeah. according to this. Um, one, I can't remember who it was. One of them did a brain buster on the other on the apron. It was horrible. Ooh, disgusting. It was scatty. It was really nasty. Scatty. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I watched that pay-per-view like, when it first happened, but I can't remember half the matches on it. It sounds decent. That uh, it was it was a very good show from what I recall. Tag Main team event. match sounded all right. Yeah, Briscoe's verse, world's greatest tag team was very good. Yeah. Main event was banging. Roderick Strong, Chris Hero was also what you'd expect. A good match. Lovely. Lots of right album. That's uh that's tidbits out of the way. Should we crack on with this week's NXT 2.0 review? Go on then. All right then. Uh, kicks off with Big Tommy Jamba. He's already in the ring as the show starts, ready to cut a promo. Um, he says that he, well, he says that when you're champion, you're hunted. However, he's different from everyone else that's held it before him because he does the hunting. And last week, uh, Bron was the hunted. And he invited him to come to the ring uh, before he had a chance to interrupt. Um, when he does come down, Jamba says that he doesn't need a microphone. He already knows what he's going to say. Just essentially kind of goes through what you'd kind of expect Bron to say in a promo. Um, he says at War Games, he made a statement, uh, goes on that, you know, Bron won the match through putting him for a table and lift him over his head, this, that, and the other. And he's earned a rematch. And he said that's going to happen at New Year's Evil. And he definitely deserves a title shot. But he does say that he hopes he doesn't drown like he did the first time. Champa says that he exposes an experience the first time round. He's not ready to be champion. Um, and he says, like, He's the best NXT champion. And he lists off that Bron isn't as good as any of the previous title holders. So he mentions Shinsuke, Kevin Owens, um, Finn Balor, the likes. Um, he says that people here have spent 10 to 20 years like perfecting their craft. And he's had, what, 10 to 20 matches. He doesn't think he's ready for the responsibility. And then he sort of plays up this story of him. You know, if you beat me, you go home and you celebrate. And then he slaps him in the face and says that he's the reality that he'll face. Um, then Bron gets mad, lifts him above his head. Champa appears to shit a brick, uh, so he lets him down. And Bron says that he smells blood in the water. He's going to eat him alive. Now, my issue with this is, it was a really good promo. Champa's great at promos. Yeah. Why is Champa suddenly scared? Like, that why was, is this weird, I, I like, dynamic a, shift? A thing. Like, Champa was kind of like, Basically, basically, Champa was being like the psycho killer, like the Champa we've kind of like grown to know in the last couple of months. That from mm. like the past, the old Champa, so to speak. Um, and then as soon as Bron puts his hands on him, he's like, "Oh, it's like you've already beaten." Yeah, it just like, made it really weird and awkward because he, but Champa, it should be business as usual, unless yeah. the the only way you can explain the way out of it and kind of not hurt Champa because I felt it did end up hurting Champa the way he, he shit himself. Yeah, definitely did. Um, would be for him to be like, well, I, I didn't want to get injured before the match. Yeah. But, but then, it's like, you've literally just had war games and he, like... Exactly. He speared you through a table and you've just been talking about that. So yeah. that's much worse than taking his fucking finisher. Mm, exactly. The thing is, there's loads of emphasis on this story. Like, they're clearly, like, 
put in a lot behind this. It's been an ongoing thing since Bron debuted, really. It's um, weird. It's ve- it's very un WWE to not just like strap the rocket to someone and go, you like him now. Yeah. Like I thought they were going to de- give him a Roman portion, just like say, all right, Straight this guy's away. the champion. This yeah. is the new brand. Whereas the fact that they've put the belt back on Champa, they've got this established guy who's there to basically make a star out of Braun Breaker. Yeah. Which he's doing already, really well. Yeah. Who's already beaten Braun Breaker. And then you've got. Okay, well, Champ has beaten once. Bron's going to beat him again, and then he's going to win in the rematch. It's, it's similar to like the way they did Triple H and Batista. Mm. In that, only difference was that Batista beat Triple H, and then he beat him again, and then he beat him again. It was like, Canel Triple H doesn't lie down for anyone. What's going on? <laughs> Whereas, Just during the reign of terror, perchance. It was, yes, it was in 2005. Um, <laughs> and yeah, like I think, I think the way they've done it's quite clever in that they've allowed Braun to kind of win the crowd though because he's mm. I think he already had them and everyone was excite, excited because he's a Steiner yeah but yeah he, he wasn't quite there when he was going into the Champa match everyone was still kind of firmly mm. team Champa Champa's camp yeah 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 um I think I think him him finally getting that win over Champa at New Year's sort of Eve, cement think, it, it cement it but it, it it also like means the brand goes forward doesn't it I think I'm pretty sure Red Champ has not got that much longer left on his contract either. That was going to be my me- my next question. So, just off the back of what you were saying, like kind of, there's been a lot of emphasis on this this storyline. It's been it's been going for a while. And it's surprising that they didn't kind of just strap the rocket to to break it from the off. So it's nice to see them allow it to like kind of burn for a little bit longer. But yeah, this dynamic shift here in this promo where it was suddenly Champa being scared didn't make any sense, and. They're clearly putting a lot of stock into Breaker to be kind of the face of the company for years to come. But why do it at the detriment of Champa? Why bring Champa down to bring Bron up when Bron's already up there? Yeah, I feel like they, I don't feel like they're necessarily bringing him down too much, though. I feel like it, it, it if anything, and being scared was almost like the tease and Champa's going to turn heel. It's not a shout. Like, not a bad he's, shout gone yeah. from, he's gone from being almost like a mentor figure to Bron Breaker to. And he's going to turn around and be like, well, "You're not taking Goldie off me," and like yeah. that, like that. That's what keep it at all costs, sort of thing. Yeah, that that's what Champ like Champa when he was his best when he was NXT champion. Yeah, and he was like literally would do anything to keep hold that belt. Yeah, he didn't didn't matter who he had to hit, how he how he had to do it, he'd do it. Yeah, and I think that's because like the, he senses danger to his title reign. I think that's why they're kind of like slowly moving him back to that. Mm. Um, I, I, I mean, it, it also depends on how, like, how Champa gets a send off, doesn't it? Really, in um, NXT, that's the other thing. Yeah, you look at like, for example, Adam Cole. He got like his match drastically shortened. Yeah, yeah, and a, a bit of a shitty send off. Kyle Riley, Johnny Gargano got that promo. Kyle Riley got to like high five the fans after like losing to Von Wagner of all people. Yeah, um, more on that later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like it'd be interesting to see what, how they handle Champa because realistically, he should be getting the, the Gargano send off as well. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, I mean Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly are, of both, of course, worthy of that. Mm-hmm. But Champa definitely because he's like him and Johnny elevated the NXT brand to yeah. where 
they could get it on television weekly. Exactly. Yeah. Doing the Lord's work. Yeah. Like yeah. Gargano, Cole, and Champa were the three guys who kind of like raised up Randall to be mm-hmm. like a, a weekly tele, a televised show as opposed to a weekly show on the WWE network. That's it. Exactly. So he should get that, but it's interesting to start to mm. add a little bit of weakness. I mean, I'm not, I don't know how long he's got on his contract. Obviously, he's had like, he had like that neck injury. So, yeah. He, and he's had knee injuries. So he's been out for like a long period of time. So he mm. probably like tacked on like nine months, but we'll see. Edge is like, depending on obviously how long he's got in his contract, should he lose to like, it almost seems like a, a certainty that he's going to lose that to Breaker, I think. Because if, if not, think, then what do they do with Breaker? And if if he yeah. like does lose it, where does he go? Does he does he move into the not the, the mid card, but the North American Championship? I don't recall. He I don't think he's ever held the North American Championship. Does he kind of? He hasn't. And that's the one thing he hasn't held. Yeah. So that maybe that's sense. that's the last piece of the puzzle before his contract expires. And That'd he, be a nice way to send them off. To be fair, um, make him a Grand Slam champion. Yeah, yeah. but. I don't know whether he would. Mm. It, again, it depends. He might he might stay. He might retire and become a coach. He's he said himself the reason he wouldn't go to main roster wasn't because he did of creative. It was because he doesn't think his body would hold up. Mm. Which makes me think that he's not gonna if he leaves WWE, he's not gonna be working a heavy schedule. No, no. He'll be like he'll be one of those guys like a Davy Richards, for example, who or Alex Shelley who work like selected. Dates mm. they want to wear mm. because they they don't they well they've got day jobs that's why they do but shit for jamper is like well, his body his is like crumble otherwise yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah but um I don't know it's it's, uh, it's really hard to call anything with jamper isn't it because he mm. seems he seems very committed to NXT yeah but obviously there's like a lot of like the rumors about oh it doesn't feel the same place and mm. a lot of kind of the old guard. I mean, the fact, the fact that Johnny Gargano and Kyle O'Reilly left on the same day. Yeah. And at time recording, Kyle O'Reilly showed up in AW last night. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Johnny Gargano apparently said like a year ago, he was going to take time off once his contract expired anyway. That makes but, sense. Timing with, with Candace being pregnant as well. So yeah. But I think also now with the fact that he's probably like, because he's, he's, he started his own Twitch, he's doing a lot more streaming and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, I've noticed. He's probably going to kind of see like see it and go, well, I've not been able to do anything like this for a while. And Johnny Gargano's whole thing is that he was like Mr. Indies. He'd go and like work all over the place. Yeah, yeah. Wrestle everybody, wrestle every, every kind of match under the sun. Um, I think I think he's... I don't see him coming back, definitely. No. But Champ is an interesting one because it's whether... It's what they do with them. I think they could they could feasibly put them in like the same role as Samoa and Joe and just have them as like a mm. coach. Mm. But it seems almost like a waste because those two still have quite a lot left to give. Yeah, definitely. I know, and I've just said like Champa's body's fucked, but Joe it, certainly. But Champa can still have amazing matches with people. Yeah, absolutely. His match with Braun Breaker, War Games was awesome. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and their their singles match before that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And even like when we when they were like in the um, just like the start of the CWC thing when he had that match with uh, Kashida. Oh fuck yeah yeah yeah! That was fucking incredible. Mm. Like he's he's more than capable of like having good matches still. So I hope they don't just kind of put him out to pasture. Yeah. Well, 
moving on. Um, we then see a Grayson Waller, I think, on his Instagram or TikTok or some nonsense. I don't know. Uh, but he's calling out AJ Styles, basically. Um, he says, he says he's like the other guy who he get rid of, who he got rid of, who's definitely not Johnny Gargano. And you definitely can't mention his name. It's a bit weird, a bit awkward. It, it's it's so stupid the way they do that. I, that's the other thing. Like that that means means WWE clearly don't think Johnny's coming back. Yeah. Don't mention his name because he ain't coming back. Don't don't dare fucking mention Johnny Gargano. He's not on the contract. <laughs> um, he also then goes on to call himself the phenomenal Grayson Waller. This is obviously leading to uh, a segment we get later. Uh, it was announced on social media a few hours before the show went live, maybe earlier in the day. It might have been the day before, actually. It was It was like, no, it was after Raw. It was like in the afternoon. Okay. It was like Tuesday afternoon, they announced it. Right. Uh, but yeah, it was announced that AJ was coming to NXT. A um, little bit more on that later. However, we go on to the next match. Uh, well, actually, the first match of the evening, it's Raquel Gonzalez against Dakota Kai. Uh, this is a street fight. It's pretty cool. Makes sense. Kind of the end of their story arc, if you like. They've been for everything. A street fight is a, an apt way to finish that. Um, we see Gonzalez on her way to the ring and Kai pretty much just starts the match from there, although doesn't officially start it because it can't start until the bell rings, until both competitors are in the ring, which I still, I still think that's a mental rule. Like, it's a street yeah. fight. If it can Stupid. start anywhere, or if you can fight anywhere, then... In, when they used to do 24-7 hardcore title rule, they never used to do that. No. It'd no. be, if you, oh, yeah, they're, they're attacked during the end, so, okay, the match has started. Yeah, exactly. There's even been... I, I'm trying to think when it was now. I can't remember whether I don't think it was WWE, it might have been AW, but or or even Impact. But there was one where like the match started, like they started fighting during the entrance, and then they just rang the bell and then the match started. Because yeah. it was forced out anyway. It yeah. was like well makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah. Um, so there's street fight, you've got to pin them in the ring, haven't you? Which is yeah. also Which, again stupid. stupid. Yeah. We don't call it a street fight. Out anyway, much. Exactly, exactly. The thing is, with all these matches. They're all exactly the same stipulations. It's yeah. just a different name. Yeah. But the only one that's actually different is a false count anywhere because you don't have to pin them in the ring. Aside from that, everything is just essentially a no DQ match. Hardcore matches used to be false count anywhere, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. Um, this was good though. I'm I'm knocking the kind of the rules, the stipulations around it. This was I, really I, good I hate I hate the way WWE like always sticks like to the rules though with certain stuff. Like yeah, they, they, they go on about a match having no rules, but there's still rules. There's still rules, exactly. It's like, well, it's, it defeats the purpose of what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Come on, come on, play the game. Make your mind up. <laughs> um, Kai goes for, I think she goes for a Rana or something, and Gonzalez catches her and just swings around like head first into the truss. Uh, she the then Kota lifts... Kai bumped their fucking ass off. Didn't she? Match. She ate ate a lot of shit in this. Or the Kota Kai, she's <laughs> so much better than this. Yeah. Just get thrown um, around like a ragdoll. <laughs> Gonzalez lifts up the truss, uh, crushes Kai between that and some rigging. Um, she narrowly avoids getting crushed between some flight cases. She then uses the bin uh, to drop Gonzalez. The refs eventually appear and try and get them to the ring to actually start the match. Um, Gonzalez drops Kai with a trolley, uh, like hits her in the ankles of it, and then she just shunts her into the shutters with it. Then when she spill outside the performance centre, it goes to commercials where they eventually make their way back into the arena and the match officially starts. Um, 
though there's still loads of fighting outside the ring like i still don't think even during commercials i don't think they actually got into the ring they just fought through from the back through the crowd to ringside um so this match has been going for like 10 minutes already and it still hasn't actually officially started um kai drops gonzalez on the stairs with a stomp uh there's weapons all over the place um in the ring gonzalez drops kai um with a, she drops it onto a chair she's going to launch her up into the air she lands like chest first onto the chair um kai fights back she pops a bin over gonzalez's head it's a double stomp off the apron um and then into the finish of the match like which kind of came for me like a little bit abruptly uh but gonzalez power bombs kai into the steel steps and then hits the chingona bomb on top of a bin uh for the win mm-hmm. and then after the match gonzalez calls out mandy rose and demands her title rematch um it was a really good match it was really fun i just felt the ending was a bit kind of abrupt yeah i, I for me i feel i don't know I, I feel the fact that Dakota Kai came back, uh, what was it, uh, Halloween Havoc? Mm. She had the hood on with a shovel, didn't she? What's she done since? Nothing, apart from being in war games and acting like, a bit weird. They, they've, start, they've tried to rebrand her a bit. I mean, for me, if it's not broken, don't fix it. Dakota Kai is awesome. Yeah. yeah. She she could literally, she was good at just being an arsehole. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that yeah. was a gimmick. She was, I'm, just, I'm just an arsehole to people. Now they're kind of trying to push this like split like, personality a bit more thing. Un, yeah unhinged, unhinged and it's like and she's good at it because the coast of guy and she's fucking awesome yeah. but but it didn't at need the it same time like let her win then okay yeah like don't don't just feed it to Raquel like like have a losing the fucking war games match um and lose to Raquel I don't has she had any other matches since that. Mm, she has maybe, maybe one against somebody yeah she's had one or two but Bro- not really against like kind of like proper competition I don't think so anyway not that I can remember did she win the was she in the ladder match um, she was in that the war games advantage like you lost one. to Kaylee Ray she lost to Kaylee Ray yeah so they, yeah. they brought her back with like vignettes and everything like all, all this fanfare but she's not winning anything yeah like yeah uh, what, what's the point? Mm. This match was good. It um, was a very fun match. As soon as they started that brawl kind of backstage, like, you know, it was going to be a laugh. I think um, that's one thing that Raquel really thrives at is like they, these kind of like sort of matches where it is like a hardcore match or a yeah. street fight, whatever well, you want to call it. There was that one, her and Rhea Ripley. The last one was the match. Last one was the standard match, which was really, really yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. At this year's she New Year's well in that. Say again. At this year's New Year's Evil. Oh, yeah, technically it was, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think both did well in this to kind of, like, taper it off, if you like, kind of the end of their story out, which is what I kind of said at, at the top of the, the match. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's obviously been, like, a long-running rivalry. That They had the whole tag team set up, and, you know, they won the belts, and then they there was that going on, and then they turned, and this, that, and the other. Like, it, it's been really good. Um, I felt like it could have been safer a slightly bigger stage. Like either a takeover could, or even New Year's it, Evil. They could have put it off two weeks till New Year's Evil. Yeah, yeah. Like it, I think it was deserving of that, given how how long they've kind of allowed this to continue. Um, and it's unfortunate because, to your point, like she hasn't won anything since she came back. And so for me, going into this, she was never going to win this either. Mm. Like this being the end of their feud, and you thinking, well, Raquel's super protected anyway, isn't she? Exactly. Yeah. Like, 
she well, she's the next like what probably the role that they would have put Nia Jackson. Yeah. Like big woman who's gonna be like the final boss of like people. Yeah. yeah. Or like not the final boss, but you know, like I get what you mean. She, yeah, she she's she's gonna she's gonna do well. Mm-hmm. Er, er, but I say that I said the same about Rhea Ripley and uh, oh boy. Oh dear. Um, <laughs> son's crying. <laughs> yeah, it was it, it's disappointing, as I say, that she's been booked that badly that then going into this match, you kind of never expected her to win. Um but off it's the back just of it, baffling to me, if I'm being honest. Like, yeah, why would you take her off TV for a bit? Bring her back with vignettes, have a cost Raquel the title, and then get made to look really fucking like you look at the, the inverse of that, where it was um, Champa when he cost Gargano. Mm. Been off TV for months. He cost Gargano the match. He attacked Gargano after Gargano lost the NXT title match. Then he cost Gargano the NXT title match. So he got fired. And then after that, his first match back, he lost. But then he didn't lose. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, it's all right if like this was her first match back and she lost it. Mm. That was not fine. She, she's but been back like three, four months now. Not even that. It's like two months. Well, October wasn't it Halloween Havoc? Yeah, two months. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But like they've stacked up loss after loss after loss, and it's all mm. been like none of them have been like sort of like low profile. They've all been quite high high profile losses, like Kaylee Ray in the ladder match, or Raquel mm. in the street fights, or war games. It's not been like a match where, like, I don't know, say, say like they were doing a tournament to see who the next contender to Mandy Rose was. Mm. If she lost in that, there'd be a way to protect her, but because she's losing in high-profile matches, there isn't really a way to protect exactly. her. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's the issue, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's hard to undo that when it happens week after week as well. Like you say, if it was her first one back, you kind of forgive it. If it was a multi-person but match, they, they did this, forgive they it. did this with her when she was a fucking babyface. Mm-hmm. When they had um they just had Shayna Baszler just like ripping yeah, her arm she, out of a were, socket every other were, week. <laughs> yeah, they were building her up as like Shayna's next challenger, but then a gimmick was just girl who Shayna Baszler makes cry all the time. <laughs> and it was like, well, what's the point? one thing I did like not like about that, but liked how they kind of went into that when they had it was Shayna and Nia against Gonzalez and Kai. But it was obviously when Kai had kind of turned heel and she had a yeah. bit more about her and they sort of faced off and it was that kind of like... And she brought it up. You used to bully me, not fucking now. Like, I'm yeah. Billy, big, <laughs> Billy Big Bollocks now, try it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it is, that, it is disappointing. I'm, I'm annoyed we didn't get that match because that probably would have been a banger as well. Yeah, yeah it would have been. Um, what else was I saying? So Kai needs something fresh off the back of this. Um, she's more than yeah. earned she's more than earned like a decent run like off the she, back of everything she's done with with Dakota Kai and even before that like we were saying all the stuff when she was who would you put her in a few that though because like Cora Jade they seem to have big plans for mm. Kaylee Ray they seem to have pretty big plans for it's a shame I'd say Candice LeRae if she wasn't Pruganant yeah but then yeah I don't know I don't know there's too many there's too many like women's wrestlers they seem to have like big plans for mm. just not that, her yeah but they like that they, they, there's no one really like maybe Saray they could put in a feud with and like nah. Dakota could get the win and but then 
exhausted about surreal exactly. Than fucking, exactly. Than the fucking people who got come after Aaron for saying that. <laughs> Those who don't know, Aaron gets like terrored on Twitter by Surrey fans for saying he doesn't care about it. It's, it's, I don't know. It's I so don't care bad. about her either, but Aaron's it, just probably been a disturbance in the fucking force and they're going to come after me now. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, after this, we get a quick Tony D'Angelo promo um, playing into the feud between him and Pete Dunne. Uh, he just basically says he's backed up everything that he said he was going to do and just continues to call out Pete Dunne ahead of their match later on. Um Back in the ring, Gonzalez is still in there. She calls out Mandy Rose. However, she's interrupted by Cora Jade. Uh, Gonzalez says she'll go through anyone to get her title back. We then get Mandy appearing on the screen at poolside and basically announces a triple threat match between her, Jade, and Gonzalez for New Year's Evil. Um, my question is, why is your title in the swimming pool? That's going to get corroded to fuck. Take it out of there. Stop messing oh, it up. Oh, it was on the edge. Well, it's too close to water for my liking. Too close to chlorine, definitely. Exactly. That's what I mean. Yeah. Dangerous stuff. I, I mean, there's been worse things on NXT women's titles, mate. Don't worry Whoa, about it. Let, we don't need to go there. Don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, God. I, Aaron would have said that, let's be honest. Yeah, he let's definitely would have done. He definitely would have done. And it, it, it'd have been more graphic as well. So thankfully, yeah, you're a bit at more least reserved. I was a bit more diplomatic about it. <laughs> uh, we then see Gigi Dolan and JC Jane appear from behind to take down Gonzalez and Cora Jade. Uh, Gonzalez gets put through the table, which was set up in the match between her and Kai, but never used uh, in the corner. And then we get on the on the tron on the screen, Mandy just making really awkward faces as everything happens. Like she's just been told to just hold a pose or pretend to react to something that she can't actually see because she wasn't. She definitely wasn't like ringing into the into the PC. It, she couldn't see what was happening. So like her face just reacting to stuff yeah, and there was nothing happening. That way you can't FaceTime onto a fucking big screen. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. It was it was really odd. Her just with like real Yeah well they um... on his entrance he used to Yeah no I remember a, he used to FaceTime into the into the Tron. He did didn't he? But there'll be a oh. way to do it. There will be but I'll tell you what, Mandy definitely wasn't because her facial nah, reactions like, were fucking looked, it weird. It also didn't look like it was on a phone camera. No. It looked like it was on an actual camera. <laughs> At least um, the Sony Handycam. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, the triple threat in New Year's Evil. Um, it protect, like Jay's got no business being in there, really. Like She shouldn't be anywhere near the title picture at the moment. However... It protects she her. She's there to take the pin and she's protected by definitely two more experienced women in Mandy Rose and Gonzalez. Um, I think she can have a good showing in this though. Like she can she can work off being the, the much smaller yeah. one of the two. I, I feel like that obviously she's only like 20 years old, isn't she? I feel like they really see something big in her. Yeah. And I feel like that that's like she she's gonna be the person they build a women's division around in a couple of years' time. You reckon? Yeah, I, I think so. Her and Kaylee Ray seem to be like the two they really like have high hopes for. Deservedly right. so. Kaylee Ray's fucking excellent. So it's Cora Jade. No, oh, I know. I'm but very impressed by Cora Jade. I've just her. seen but, a lot more of Kaylee Ray yeah. than I have Cora Jade. Yeah, she she had a few matches on AEW that before she got signed. I've seen it, seen on that. She looked pretty, pretty she? good. Um, yeah, yeah. Huh. I, I've got a feeling 
fact, I'm going to Google it now. I've got a feeling that Thunder Rosa trained it. Oh, okay. Um, it's pretty cool. Um, just while you do that, we get a quick recap to last week when Harlan threw the Brian Kendrick down the stairs. And then we get Gacy and Harlan. Man with the plan. We get Gacy and Harlan uh, in a little piece of camera saying that they want to publicly apologise for the incident. Uh, Gacy sees that you can see the regret written all over Harlan's face as he stands there looking like Friend an absolute the serial Harlan. killer. Yes, that's right. Uh, Gacy says that Kendrick triggered an emotion in Harlan. Um, he says that Kendrick called Harlan a freak. And Gacy to be fair, had... I watched that back and Joe Gacy and Harlan were doing as they were told. They were leaving the building. Yeah. Brian Kendrick was out of line. <laughs> he was getting Harlan's face. Little shit stirrer. Going, get the fuck out. Get the fuck out of it. So <laughs> I'm not surprised that Harlan threw him down some stairs. Just saying. <laughs> Gacy says that he hopes that everyone will learn and grow from this experience. Uh, have you found out if Cora J was trained by Thunder Rosa or not? Uh, no, it was cheerleader Melissa who is also a very good women's wrestler. Okay. Very before her time. Cool. Um, we then see grizzled young veterans uh, backstage. Uh, Drake is watching a training video of the Creed brothers. Uh, Gibson isn't interested in that and says that he hates cocky and arrogant teams. Pot kettle black. Whoa uh, says, now. Whoa. Whoa what? Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> whoa now. Show some respect to the grizzled young veterans. I fucking am, mate. I love them. But they are cocky, arrogant bastards. No, whoa, no, whoa, whoa. Good uh, honest it, boys. It's a, good, good honest boys. Um, no, they're not. It's fucking stealing from his nan. Good honest boys, my ass. Good honest men. <laughs> he says that whilst they may be stronger, um, like the Creed brothers may be stronger, uh, they'll beat them with their brains, not their muscles. Uh, we then get another little backstage segment. Persia Perotta comes to tell Indy that their match has been postponed. Uh, Grayson Waller then interrupts. Indy says that she won't forgive him for what he did to Johnny. I know that Aaron mentioned this on the Discord. Do we think yeah. Persia was meant to cut off Indy a bit earlier? Yeah, because Waller did. Ah, right, like, okay. Persia, Persia was meant to, and because she didn't, Waller did, and then she starts cutting him off. Right, right, right. Uh, Waller continues to make references to the way um, and just continues to be an all-round shitbag, which I'm here for. Uh, second match of the night, Creed Brothers versus Grizzled Young Veterans. Uh, both teams are already in the ring because we didn't want to see their entrance. I don't get that. Pisses me off. Grizzled Young Veterans music slaps as well. It's fucking excellent. Also, I just like it when Gibson comes down and just berates people. Yeah. Like his walk down to the ring is to berate people. I love it. I'm all for it. Um, anyway, the match, uh, Creed Brothers gain an early advantage with some frequent tags and tandem offense. I really liked their tandem offense because they kind of, they use offensive moves on each other to hit someone else. So like they'll slam each other onto the other guy. So it won't be like a traditional kind of tag team maneuver. It'd be just like real collegiate wrestling, like kind of the, like throw or catch. Very like old school, Andy. Yeah. yeah. They remind me a bit of the Steiners. Yes. Exactly what I thought. Yeah. dumping people on their fucking heads all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I do like them. I really, really like them. Yeah. Um, Gibson manages to find an opening uh, when he hits the turnbuckle. Uh, Drake leaps up to do the thing where he protects him, sort of sticks his back in a way. Uh, GYV then starts to gain some momentum with some frequent tags of their own. Um, 
we get an announcement during the match from commentary that LA Knight is out for an unknown amount of time. Um, Creed Brothers then gain the advantage once again. GYV used some ring smarts to keep up on the offense. Uh, jacket time for absolutely no reason at all appear at ringside with their own announce table and start commentary. I, what the fuck? Remember when um, Kushida was like a huge deal getting brought into WWE? Yeah. Yeah. What in the Kayentai attitude era is this? It's absolute pish. Um, <laughs> after the break, uh, Briggs and Jensen also appear at ringside to watch the match. Uh, Julius eventually makes Jensen the hot... Jensen um, Bobby Cannes lad, didn't he? Is he? Yeah. No. Yeah. Has he? Let me Google her. I'm 99% sure he's Bobby Cannon's son. I could have sworn you told me that, actually. Nah. I don't have that kind of fact. That's Aaron, mate. We covered it on the news. Did we? Mm-hmm. We've done a lot of news over the years, mate. When he got signed, I mean. Oh. Is is he Bill Buchanan's son? Yes, he is. He is? Yeah. Sweet. Right to Centre 2.0 coming soon. <laughs> I, I want him in the SWAT gear. Yes. <laughs> Saying Josh, Br- Josh Briggs into the big boss, man. Just have, have Brooks Jensen become Bull Jensen instead. Bull Jensen and the big Josh, man. Do it. <laughs> Big Josh, man, fantastic. <laughs> um, Julius eventually managed to make the tag in uh, after Drake maintained control of the headlock for the longest time. Gibson then looks like he's about to power bomb Brutus through the Japanese announce table, which is definitely what it's called. Um, Jacket time then warn them off, and then it all kicks off, and every team get involved, and then there's a DQ finish. Uh, at the end of it, Briggs and Jensen and Jacket time stand strong in the ring. Um, why did the was... Japanese announce table just have like a big smiley mouth on there as well? I don't know. It's, it was crap. It's also made out of crepe paper as well because that crumpled like fucking. So 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 with like the table. I mean that was the point. That was meant to be shit. Mm. Which I love that they took just like a camping table and there's little pop up ones. It makes a change from you know having Ikaman Hero have a shit on a pay per view instead. Oh god! Oh don't! I managed to erase that. From my memory, we've got fucking um, Ikemanjiro literally with the drizzling shits on live television. Thanks. After eating a shit on a pizza. <laughs> we've all been there, mate. It you've happens gone to Domino's, mate. It happens to everyone. <laughs> happened to Aaron on live stream once. You know, we've all been there. <laughs> Do you not remember that? <laughs> he was in the middle of a live stream and then suddenly he didn't, he, he didn't even say I've got to go he just leapt up off his seat and disappeared for 10 minutes <laughs> came back we're like Aaron mate where'd you go it's just like <laughs> a rumbly tummy <laughs> a rumbly tummy child isn't too much iron brew I do remember it. I remember a lot of stuff he's done on a live stream I remember him making just, silly bets. I remember him shaving his put, head. Was that wasn't that the pay for you after he shaved his head? Probably. He didn't learn first time round. Because I just got him from work and he was trying to get me some dummy drink, <laughs> and I had like a right bean and so it did. <laughs> and then he made himself like a fucking home measures vodka, and I, I made him down it, and then he fucking went, "I'll be back in a second. And he was like, "I've absolutely not been sick." And then he just there in the background going. Courtney, can you get me a new shirt, please? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I've absolutely so not been not running NXT. We just. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to see his little face come Rumble weekend. <laughs> oh, you're going to slap the shit out of him. I will. After he slapped the shit out of me, because I have to take my punishment of chops to the chest. Got to take a lot of chops. Yeah, that's right. I've been doing chest the last few weeks. I'm just building up a bit of a bit of girth, just so I can it's absorb right. it. Chopping trees to fucking warm up. <laughs> Thanks, pal. Hang on, it's you right, get to man. do them as well. Everyone gets to do them. Oh fuck! I thought it was just Aaron. No, it's everyone who's there. Oh, for fuck's sake! It's a big hoss chops of you and Tasty. Yeah. <laughs> Stood there fucking warming up. Get to fuck. Anyway, you'll have Walter chopped them before. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we digress. The match, uh, it was disappointing that there was a no contest finish, although it was really good to see GYV back in the ring. I uh, get the impression this is to set up like a number one contenders. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Something. Um, he's doing what they do really well in NXT UK, yeah, exactly. Just outsmarting and being outsmarting their opposition, being quite dangerous. Um, yeah, really, really good to see that as it's been quite a while since I've seen them in ring. Um, they did have a match a couple of weeks ago, but they lost and it was a bit shit. So this was slightly more competitive. Um, but yeah, as you say, like it's going to lead to a number one contenders match. Surely you got all four of the teams at the end kind of brawling. They're all in a similar, similar place kind of in the division. There's no one that's mm -hmm. really kind of higher in the pecking order. So I imagine they're all going to get a title shot eventually. Obviously MSK are kind of next in line. We get yeah. to that later on when they're, they're, you know, they're going to come back for their rematch. Um, and it's, Unlikely, I think, that MSK will take the belts off Imperium. However, I think we're either going to get a number one contenders match or a big multi-man match. And I'd really like a multi-man match for the tag titles. Oh, I'd be down for like a multi-man ladder match or something. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be good. But we'll see. We'll see. Um, it's it's nice though to talk positively about the the tag division in NXT because when they had that kind of big exodus of people and they binned a load of people off, it didn't really feel like there was many left. And now they seem to be building it up gradually again, which is it's nice. Yeah. They've got five, six pretty decent tag teams, GYV, Creed Brothers, Briggs & Jensen, Jacket Time, Imperium, MSK. It's cool. It's good. Con yeah. Considering Vinnie Mac apparently doesn't like tag team wrestling and he's in charge over there at NXT 2.0. The well, tag, div tag division not... in NXT is, is better than it is on Raw or SmackDown. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's right. not hard. There's only like four tag teams on Raw and SmackDown. Wow, that's true. Between them. And a lot. <laughs> they broke another one up this week, so. Oh, so they did. Ugh. More yeah. on that later. Uh, we then go backstage for an interview with Trick Williams and Carmelo Hayes ahead of Trick's match against Dexter Loomis. Uh, Williams chats a load of poop as per usual. Then Dexter, he's not is. a very good talker, is he, Trick? I just, it, I, well, he's he can not talk. Very good. He's <laughs> he's shown he's shown like glimmers of of like that he's going to be good, but he's not there yet. He's still very it, green. It feels like they've rushed him onto TV. Yeah. And I know, like, obviously, they're like, oh, yeah, NXT is where the young up-and-coming stars come from. It's like... Yeah, I know, but, yeah, but don't just, just clearly not ready. Barely any fucking, yeah. like, practice. Yeah. Well, we'll get into that when it when it comes to the match, because, uh, yeah. Um, we then go to, like, the kind of medics bay, medics lounge, and see Io Shirai and Zoe Stark. They're met in there by Mendoza and Wild. Um, Io goes mad. 
Electra breaks it up and says she's not afraid of EO, which sets up their match for later on in the show. Um, then we get Trip Williams against Dexter Loomis. How dare you not give us Loomis's entrance? They're already in the ring. I'm furious. Loomis has got one of the fucking coolest entrances. Like the music's really good. Didn't even get to see it. Uh, the match itself, uh, Loomis just stalks Williams uh, as he has done for, for weeks and just drops him a few times. Williams continues to be terrified of him. Uh, Loomis' attention is drawn away, however, when Diamond Mind appear on that kind of elevated platform at the back. Um, Carmella notices that as well on the outside of the ring, starts to berate strong. Uh, Trick manages to find his way back into the match with a drop kick. Uh, Barrett says that he doesn't like what Loomis has become since he met Indy and calls him a whack job. But when he said whack job, it definitely sounded like he called him a wanker. I thought he called him a wanker. Yeah, oh, good. I'm, I'm glad I'm not the only person that picked up on that. Yeah, I really did. <laughs> um, Trick then gets caught up in the ring skirt by Loomis. Uh, he gets rocked with a super kick. Loomis and Hayes and stare off on the outside. Loomis raises his thumb and then from behind, Strong yanks the title from around Hayes' waist and starts wailing on him. Um, Williams then catches Loomis using the bottom rope uh, as he's crawling his way back into the ring uh, gets a couple of near falls after some slams uh, and then after a lengthy chin lock from Williams Loomis battles his way back in with his usual signature offence, uh, does the kip up uh, and the leg drop off the slam uh, Williams tries to use his shoes for some reason to hit Loomis um, but and then he's immediately dropped, put into silence and he eventually picks up the submission win Um Post-match, Waller then blindsides Loomis with a chair. Um, yeah, Williams isn't great, is he? No. As I say, you can tell he's not there yet. Mm. Like, you can... And I, This is the thing, like, I, I'm... As I say, I'm all for them giving, like, guy, obviously, they want to, like, make start new stars. Like, you look at someone like a Braun Breaker and he's, he's hit the ground run, running. But he's he had like about six months of training before. Yeah, I don't I don't know how long Trick Williams have been there. I don't know what I don't know much about his background. But he just didn't look comfortable. comfortable. And the, yeah, the thing you've got to remember is the difference between Bron Breaker and like Trick Williams. Bron Breaker is a second generation star. Mm. Like mm. he'll have had some points off his dad and his uncle, of course. It's the same as like we were taught, like everyone going on about like Hook's debut. And it's like the reason Hook's been so good is because he's been training for this all his life. His fucking dad's Taz, of course. His dad's Taz, yeah. His it's dad like, would It's like imagine having Kurt, Kurt Angle having a son and him being really good at wrestling. Oh, yeah, he has. He's called Jason Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, um, it, it shouldn't come as a surprise that someone's really good when like they come from a family of naturally gifted, high-profile, talented wrestlers yeah. or athletes. I don't really yeah. know much about Trick Williams' background. And that's that's not to say, and that, that sounds bad, that's not to say... I mean, he is that, you can, he's obviously athletic. He looks yeah. like he's in shape. Yeah, yeah. That's not to say that you have to have, like, you have to have come from a, a background or a family of, like, a lineage of, of wrestlers, superstars, athletes, or whatever. But as you say, when people almost come across surprised that Hook's debut was really good, and you go, well, we... It's been also, Hook's debut was held off for six months because really? he wanted to do it in Rock Island. Ah, fair play. Because it's his hometown. So That's pretty cool. They were like, he's been ready for six months. They, to, but to keep him Shopping ready, they, had, they just had him having training matches like for just like Cody and Arn Anderson and QT Marshall. To, I, I love like, that 
he didn't even have matches on dark or anything like some yeah. people do. They just like, no, we're going to hold him off. Like his TV appearance is going to be like, but, but now when he does TV. wrestle, it feels fucking massive. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, excited yeah. for him to fucking a very hot Christmas. <laughs> Can't wait. Um, anyhow, you want more on Hulk? Listen, listen to our AEW review. Um, yeah, Williams isn't there for me, but I mean, it's still early days. I'm sure he'll learn. I'm sure he'll grow. Yeah, so he'd rather just have him as he's a around the guy. Yeah, he's around the guy like Carmelo Hayes as well, who's excellent, and he'll, yeah. he'll definitely be like a good kind of person to learn on, like alongside. And Carmelo Hayes is still young as well. It's not even like yeah, like Car- Carmelo, Carmelo Hayes is like a fantastic. He's not a veteran the... or anything. Yeah, no, he's he's not. He's he's been on the Indies for like two or three years. But he's mm. he's nowhere near the finished product. But like, but look at him now already. He's already. Fantastic. Yeah. 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 So it's a good pairing. Like, as you say, like he'll, he'll learn off him. Um, yeah. I think Loomis is definitely a future contender for Carmelo. And I think I might have even put it in my like year predictions that North American champion will be Loomis. I don't remember if it was last year or this year or I think, no, I'm sure I did. Um, but I think he's certainly a future contender for Carmelo. Although obviously his focus has now shifted to, to Grayson Waller after what happened at the end of the match. Um, I think they can tell a really good story there, given like what Waller did to Gargano, the relationship between Loomis and Gargano as well. So I think there's some really good story there, but it'll be nice however long it takes them to eventually circle back round to this and we get Loomis and Carmelo. You did, you did indeed have Loomis as your pick for North yeah. America. He's not going to win it this year, obviously, but I think, like, put some gold on him. Like, I think I think they should have already done it, in my opinion. I think he should have already held it. However, because he didn't hold it, we did get that whole thing with him and the way and Indy and Johnny and that whole storyline, which was very, very, very entertaining. So I'm yeah. not entirely disappointed that no. we didn't get it. But I, I think what I am disappointed about with that match, actually, I've just thought we didn't one? get a call the Loomis and Trick one. Hmm. We didn't get a call back to Dexter Loomis abducting Roderick Strong. <laughs> oh god, when he put him in the boot. Yeah. <laughs> he his phone was posting on his like pictures of him on Instagram. <laughs> oh, good shit. Uh on the video screen, we see AJ Styles arriving. Uh Pete Dunn. Then cuts a little promo vignette responding to Tony D'Angelo's challenge. Back in the ring, uh, we've got Grayson Waller there. Uh, he says that he can't stand superstars that are inducted into the Hall of Fame who thank everyone and their pathetic fans. Uh, he says he'll just say, I told you so, when he's inducted because he's proven that he is the NXT superstar. AJ's music then hits, um, gets the full kind of like raw lower thirds graphic, all of that, crowd are hot as hell for him. Um, comes in and he says... Grayson Waller says that's the Grayson Waller effect, uh, single-handedly bringing AJ to NXT. Um, AJ calls him the biggest jackass in NXT. Waller says that he's here because of the meal t- his meal ticket left him on Raw, and now he needs a new tag partner for a few months in order to remain relevant. Um, for those oh. that don't know, uh, Omas turned on AJ. AJ's now face. Is AJ uh, face? Yeah. Well, Omas turned on him, didn't he? AJ well, Omas is old as fuck. He is. Almost got like a road warrior pop when he came, when he tagged in at WrestleMania. <laughs> Did he fuck? <laughs> Everyone lost it. She's like, oh, it's almost. <laughs> Fucking <laughs> road warrior pop. Behave yourself. <laughs> it's a man, the Kofi Kingston. 
Oh, man. So, yeah, Waller says that he needs a new meal ticket uh, in order to remain relevant. Style says that Waller's copied his look all down to, like, the, the elbow pad and the glove. Um, he says that he sees potential in superstars in NXT, such as Carmelo Hayes, Bron Breaker, Tony D'Angelo, but not Grayson Waller. Um, and then he starts, AJ mentions something about wins and losses don't count. And I was like, oh, WWE is suddenly becoming self-aware again where they're acknowledging that wins and losses don't count for shit, unlike AEW. I don't know. Um, and then we get Waller comparing AJ to Gargano. The thing, the thing is, the like with that, them saying wins and losses don't count. We've just spoke about Dakota Kai coming back and how she doesn't feel like anywhere near as important as she did when she came back because she's done nothing but lose. So, yeah. They clearly fucking do. Exactly. Exactly. Just only only when it suits them, though. Yeah. Um, we then see Waller backtracking after he sort of basically says he's up for a fight, kind of whips his shirt off, takes his watch off, uh, and then he backtracks uh, and says that he's got next after AJ's had his match with Hamas. Which is on Raw. Yeah. We're going to get Waller versus AJ at fucking New Year's Evil. evil. We are, aren't we? I I like this whole thing, and they they've done it previously. They did it way. when, like before NXT got massive. They did yeah. it where they have like main roster guys come down and like have a match with like the up and coming guy, like they had RVD versus Damian Sandow, the yeah. Jericho versus Bray Wyatt. Um, Ziggler came down. I can't remember who he faced. Uh, Punk, Punk, Punk came Rollins. down when he was WWE champion and team with Rollins against the Kings of Wrestling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, oh, oh, oh. And he didn't even bother to film it. I know. Scumbags. <laughs> One time you go, right, you should probably film that. That's like a really fucking cool thing, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I like it. They're like they do this every now and again. It's quite cool. This kind of this way of establishing new talent, bringing people from Raw or SmackDown over to kind of test them. Styles obviously now being the face, being a veteran. Did it with, did it with Balor in NXT UK for for a bit, didn't he? Where yeah, showing yeah. yeah. up that match with Devlin at Take yeah. Over. Fuck yeah, yeah, did didn't they? Um, and Bizarro, will you? Yes, of course, of course. That was fuck me. I forgot how good that was. That yeah, was, was really good. good. That was really, really good. Um, but yeah, it's really good that they you know brought this veteran over to kind of help Waller take the next step. Um, it's obviously they've got chemistry there, like at least on the microphone. I think they'll have a really good match. Like Grayson Waller gets like knocked quite a bit, but he's not all that bad in the ring. I've not seen enough good. of him. I don't, he's not terrible. He's not terrible. He's um, not been doing it that long either, has he? No, I think I can't remember what his background was. I'm sure he, he came from some like Australian, Australian reality. Survivor. Was it Survivor? That was it. Mm. It's some sort of reality TV thing. I've, yeah, that was it. Survivor. And I think he he's got like some kind of a background in boxing as well. Yeah, yeah. And Australian he, Golden Gloves, whatever you want to call it. And then he um he was like he has he did train to become a wrestler before he went to WWE. Like he mm. he was on the Australian indie scene for a bit. Okay. Um. Yeah, he's, he's, he's decent. I like him. I do like him. Um, we then get a little Diamond Mine vignette. Um, Bivin says uh, Diamond Mine is about respect and money and then calls out Carmelo Hayes for a title versus title match. Um, we get the announcement later on that Wade Barrett is going to be presiding over the contract signing of what is now a unification match between the Cruiserweight Championship and the North American Championship, which... I think I called a couple of months ago. Not necessarily going to unify, but it felt like it was going to be either phased out or rebranded. We were talking like 
Meltzer said, didn't he, that they, they were going to repackage the Cruiserweight title, but he didn't say how they were going to do it. He just said they were going to do it. I'm disappointed that mm-hmm. it's going to be unified. I've yeah, like to just seen him rebrand like there's it. There's too many belts on NXT 2.0 anyway. I mean, there's only ever... There's too, ma- there's too many belts in WWE in general. Like, they, they could there streamline are. that. There are. They haven't, got, they haven't got a roster the size that they were brand split and all that now. They... I, don't think it's, I don't think it's too bad on NXT. I think certainly Raw and SmackDown, I think they need to unify the women's singles belt and they need to unify the men's tag belts. Hmm. And I think that would help. I don't mind there being a champion, like a, a men's champion on either brand. But even that, think... there's not really two world champions. There's Roman and the other champion. Mm. But that's more down to booking, isn't it? Or like... Brock and the other champion, depending who who's taking the turn holding the belt for, mm-hmm. for a period of time. Yeah. No, I get what you mean. But uh, I don't know. Uh, I like the Cruiserweight Championship. What I'd also like to see is, but then you could argue that it, they would end up with too many bouts. Put the Cruiserweight Championship on NXT UK. Yeah, that would work. Because they've got like... But with NXT UK, it would work because they, they've only got an hour. They like use the champions sparingly. So they yeah. could... They could you're, be you're not getting Ilya defend every week. So why not then have your second tier belt? You could mix things up. Yeah, you still that, got like three or four belts you can really elevate when the world championship, or your 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 brand championship isn't on there. Your women's championship, NXT yeah. tag team championships, UK tag team championships, Heritage Cup, and then a cruiserweight add to that. But I think there's plenty of people on the UK brand where they'd benefit from that. Um, so I don't know, uh, and it'll be interesting to see what they do with two hundred five live. Whether they rebrand it or if they just five lives basically just been main event for NXT for the last like couple of months anyway. More than that, since they gutted two hundred five, like when they had that big rush of people, they got rid of like two hundred five live essentially just ceased to be, didn't it? Yeah, it did. Um, Because they started using it for like when they did the Dusty Cup, and they had somebody open like for the men's and women's, they had it on there. So, which is a shame because like. When I, when they were doing the Dusty Cup, I watched it and like all the matches were bangers. Yeah, I remember for a while, two hundred five live was all right to watch. Yeah, like uh, Mustafa Ali and Buddy yeah. Murphy had feud, which was amazing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They had like a street fight, but they weren't allowed to use any weapons, so they had to get dead creative, which was really fucking good. Yeah, yeah. Um. Anyway, moving on, uh, we get more of this MSK and Riddle nonsense. Um, which has been ongoing for a couple of weeks. Uh, they're chatting pish about some scooters and how scooters are like tag teams. Um, he tells them to call out Imperium. He says that will come with them. Uh, they then scoot across the street um, and they get knocked over by a car. They wake up. Seems like it's all a dream. Riddle turns up. They have scooters again. What the fuck is this? Riddle snapped his fingers and the scooters appeared and he said it was a Christmas middle- riddle. Christmas miracle. Um <laughs> <laughs> Does that make Riddle a ghost of Christmas past the duchy to the left hand side? For fuck's sake! <laughs> oh, you've had that lined up the whole time, haven't you? You've got that written have, down, yeah. right? It's, brilliant. I didn't have it written down. I didn't have it written down. I just, I just thought of it. I was like, just up there in the bank. I've got to remember that joke. <laughs> oh man. Um. Yeah. 
Riddle's going to get chopped, isn't he? I so, someone's turning up. Well, the thing is, like, R- Riddle and MSK would be like quite a good like faction. I think they would. That'd be just, really cool. Just essentially, just like replacing Trey Miguel with Riddle. Yeah, yeah, which is fine, I suppose. Um, but yeah, like it's it's weird though because obviously, like the. They're not going to have Riddle between Raw and NXT, are they? All I mean, the time. he is at the moment. No, I mean, all the time. No. This is, this is clearly so we can have Walter come back, chop the bejesus out of Riddle, and then we'll either get Riddle versus Walter or we'll get, like, MSK and Riddle versus Imperium. Mm. Yeah, we'll see. Um, what we got next? Von Wagner versus Idris Anofi. Um for reasons, Robert Stone's at ringside. Just, Sorry about it. what's the point of Robert Stone at this he's, point? Why? He's going to be Von Wagner's manager, probably. Right. I've got issues about this. Um, the match is crap. Uh, Barrett compares Von Wagner to a potential Seamus or McIntyre in the future. Um, I laughed and then thought, give it a few years, and and he probably will be. As in, yeah. like, he'll be treated as, as big a deal as, as either of those. Um, he needs to be able to cut a prone before he can do that. Though. Yeah, uh, it's Wagner for most of the match, uh, in fact, the whole match, uh, until he goes for a power bomb. Uh, Idris reverses that into a pin and gets the win. He then gets battered post match. Um, this whole upset win over a, an overconfident heel is just fucking lazy, overdone, yeah. and tiresome. And they really need to come up with something fresh. Like it happens way I, too often. Yeah, that, I think this is the thing. Like my kind of relationship with WWE at the moment is that it's so formulaic. It's the same beat. It's yeah. It's like it's literally like a. It's almost like a production line. Yeah. Where they just like, all right, we'll do this, we'll do this, roll up win, but because yeah. of this, or count our win, we'll do the rematch next week. It, it it doesn't feel like a wrestling company. It feels like a man like a, um, a mass production line. Yeah, just churn it. Like here's a blueprint. Here's here's yeah. a here's a process. Just drop your characters into that process. It's it's the same thing. There's no deviating yeah. from it. Yeah, and that, I think that's why I like. That's certainly why I don't really watch WWE anymore because mm. it does feel very repetitive and almost. And stuff like this, like it's like, well, yeah, there we go, there it is. Yeah, yeah. E- even like most of the matches, like ending with either interference or a DQ finish or no contest. Roll or, up finish. We love those. Love a roll up. <laughs> yeah. Like it's just, oh, it's just silly. Yeah. Um, Another if- thing as well, I, I did uh, notice from this match is. I always go on about how like white gear is the best gear, and the reason being is because it pops on the screen. Like you look at yeah. Ed- Edris NFA had white gear with like a red trim. Look, look fucking look banging. Good. Look banging. Edge had Don that. Wagner had oh yeah, edges edges had red white and um like grey one. Grey, yeah, yeah. Uh, Von Wagner had black and brown gear, and it just looked shit. Yeah. It looked like something a creator wrestler would be wearing on like before on, like, before you've got enough credits to unlock any decent gear. Before you've unlocked any of the decent gear, yeah. <laughs> so you've just got to make this like shitty brown, like and black, like gear. <laughs> Do you know the thing is, 
the gear the you wear for tutorial. <laughs> <laughs> the crowd chant like you still suck or whatever at him. And yeah. I think part of the reason they chant that is because they recognize that he's not a terrible wrestler. Like he's still got a long way to go. If you look at a lot of what he does, like, I think it's he's not because, a like, wrestler, but it's this thing where they want to boo him. Like they've been told to boo him, they're conditioned to boo him. He's the heel. But when they chant that, it's like, well, they recognize that he's not terrible, but it's just, it's just a naff gimmick. Like it's not even a gimmick. Like I don't know what he's about. I don't. He's got big Baron Corbin energy. <laughs> big like, Baron just, Corbin energy. You just, you want to dislike him, but you don't know why. <laughs> I, I, I think the reason people dislike him is because obviously Kyle O'Reilly was like seemingly getting groomed to be like the next guy in NXT, like the next like Gargano or Champa, yeah, in NXT, and obviously then he rebranded, and Kyle O'Reilly just got yanked out of that title picture. Von Wagner took his place in the match itself. Then they got like uh, this uneasy can they coexist tag team going. Mm-hmm. And then he turned on Kyle O'Reilly, and it's just like, oh, oh great. <laughs> I think, I think, because that it's like that. I think that there's definitely a bit of sort of animosity towards him for that. Yeah, people, people are a little bit bitter about it. Like that should have been Kyle, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Um, Von Wagner losing here with Stone at ringside sets him up almost to need Stone. And I think that's where we're going. And Robert me, Stone's a good talker. It's a good talker, but it's never a good idea. You look at who he's been paired with. Don't worry about it. Where are they? Aliyah's on SmackDown. Yeah, but what's she doing? Nothing. Don't worry about it. Exactly. Who else was he paired with? Um, don't, don't worry about it. She got, I think she got released. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse Kamea, did she get released? Yes. Let's find out. It's it's hard to keep track at this point, <laughs> which is so a sorry state of affairs. Um, but yeah, for me, like he's here, he's he's lost here. It sets him up to need stone. For me, it's not a good idea. Um, if Anofi was going to win, he should have gotten more offense in. Um, but for me, he needs to be better protected. He beat Kyle O'Reilly clean. In O'Reilly's parting ways match from WWE, he's beaten him clean there. Yeah, but that's and he's not being protected. Beat, but... He's losing to like nonsense like this. Like, if he's meant to be a dangerous heel, don't make him look stupid and incompetent. Don't make him look like he needs someone like Robert Stone, who since his time there has been a fucking comedy character. Yeah, the the thing with Robert Stone is the the tandem is that character to try and like be a parody of Tony Khan originally. <laughs> Because <laughs> he looks like, a little bit like him. Yeah, even though he looks fuck all like him, but <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, he's he's a good talker. He's a, I I think he is very entertaining when he's on telly. Like the mm. whole thing when he get like beaten up by people and he just loses shoe <laughs> for for reasons for reasons. <laughs> um. So. After this, we get uh, an Imperium backstage interview. I like that, and I've said this before, I like that they allow them to speak in their native tongue. However, don't pretend this is a live interview because ain't no one that fast at translating and subtitling. They do it every week. They haven't come out and cut these promos. 
and Bartal speaks in German, Eichner speaks in Italian, but then the subtitles are up there straight away, and you're just like, this isn't a live interview. Don't make out it's a live interview, because it isn't. No one can type that quickly. No one's that quick. I don't know. That's just a little gripe for me. Um, well, do you used to, do, you used to be able to do live subtitles? Well, do, you, do you can't do live subtitles, mate? No, I know they can do live subtitles, but these guys are speaking in a native language. No one I mean, can translate it that quickly and get it up on screen in perfect time for the, when they say it. They've got the guy typing it up in their native language into Google Translate. Yeah, fuck off. And then it's going on the screen. That's Stop. how they did it. That's how they did it for Squid Game. That's why, like, that's why the subtitles isn't as good as the double parrot. <laughs> chatting absolute pitch. I'm not making some giving you a little pulling the curtain back. Give me a little behind the scenes tour of what they do in this performance center. Fuck off. You know, <laughs> mate, have you have you seen the way fucking WWE do creative? I have, yeah. Hi. And you're doubting me that they literally do that <laughs> <by> like <laughs> translating something by just typing it into Google Translate. <laughs> Come on, mate. Come on, mate. Smarten the fuck up. Wow. <laughs> wow. I'm hopefully going to the PC next year, so I'll be at the tell you. By that time, I might have an actual job with WWE and be like, fucking sort it out. Stop it. Will you be Will you be typing into Google Translate for the boys? Nah, I will have balls, mate. I'll be over here at NXT UK doing the real business. That's it. <laughs> you can't release it if you're in NXT UK apparently. exactly see smart big brain uh, anyway <laughs> Imperium backstage interview uh, long and the short of it Bartel says that uh, while MSK may have found a shaman they have a general oh yeah I really really want Bartel and I to have singles runs I want Bartel to have a singles run uh, I know it's fucking. Not, I don't dislike Eichner. No, I don't like. I don't dislike. Bartel's a better talker. But yeah, he's got better presence. Sorry, who did I say? You said Bartel. Oh, I meant Eichner. My bad. Oh no, I, I, I mean I want both. I think Bartel's got better like presence. Yeah, Eichner's like Eichner's the better in ring guy. Eichner's like a freak athlete. Yeah, yeah. But I also really like them as a tag team, though. Oh yeah, no, I love them as a tag team. I just, I just quite, I wouldn't be against seeing them as a singles guys for a bit. Mm. I'd quite like Walter to come back and them have all of the belts like a little faction again. Yeah, that'd be nice. Let them have, and when I say all the belts, I mean all of the belts. To have, have Eichner beat Hayes for the North American Unified Championship or whatever, and then be tag champions, and Big Daddy Walter be NXT champion. And then they can hold it for fucking 900 days or however long it was. Yeah, but then you know for a fact that we'll be it probably have Walter start dressing like fucking Bismarck <laughs> and like <laughs> getting in a Sputnik tank and trying to take over the WWE. Ah, Christ. You know for a fact that's coming. They get a WrestleMania entrance, he'll come in like a fucking panzer. He'd have, he'd have, one, he'd have one of those like helmets with like the little spike on top. <laughs> I am a I general. Am, <laughs> I am the ring general. <laughs> oh man, don't, don't, don't come out dressed as Hitler just because you know, <laughs> and that's what they do. Don't, please, because you, you'll wish it into existence. I don't want that to happen. <laughs> and know how the company works. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, moving on. Uh, Electra Lopez is on her way to the ring, and we see Zion Quinn like some weird stalker hiding in the shadows. 
Um, I've got a little bit more on this, and I'll say it after the match, which is Electra Lopez against Io Shirai. Um, Lopez overpowers Io earlier on. Uh, it's a really nice one-handed spine buster for a near fault. Io fights her way back into the match with some signature offense, hits the Tiger faint kick, the corner knees, but gets caught up on the top turnbuckle when she looks to hit a moonsault. Handsome bastard Zion Quinn then comes strolling out like the fucking Cadbury's milk tray man and takes out Mendoza and Wild. Um, he's got some mistletoe in hand. What the fuck is happening? I mean, they've been teasing that like Quinn and Lopez are a thing. They're going to make some fucking some 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 Kiwi Mexican babies. That's what's going to happen. They're going to be some handsome cool. super athletes. I don't know. It's nonsense. Uh, Santos comes down before they get to do a little smooch, but Zion launches him into the steps. Uh, Eo then takes advantage and hits her with an open palm strike and a moonsault for the win. Um, I like the I, I I take the piss out of it. I like the story between Lopez and Quinn. Like it's it's unpredictable, and I think it adds a really nice dynamic to everything that's going on with Legado. It does, but, but it's also recycling an old storyline. Go on, Loomis and Indy. Mm. You had the way you were trying to stop it from happening, and then you had. Yeah, but that was all comedy. This is quite serious. Serious because Zion Quinn's like being made out to be like a serious guy, even though they had them sing like Sexy Boy the other week or whatever it was. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing no. wrong with that. No, I'm a serious guy. They, they, should, they, they should make it more serious by have Santos Escobar become King Quinn again and start hunting him like Craig the Hunter. <laughs> I'm <laughs> just like standing on ledges, like in the fucking in the uh, that little perch that they've got in the PC. What's it called now? The PC is just the PC. It's just the PC, yeah, yeah. Just just have my like in like the rafters on the PC, <laughs> doing the craving the hunter shit. Go on, big game hunter Santos Escobar. Um, but yeah, as I say, like I I do like this weird kind of unpredictable storyline that's kind of going on. It, it's good. It keeps people interested. Um, but it's also really important that both of them are actually allowed to compete in their matches before these fucking interruptions happen. Like Lopez needs more experience in ring. Like it's clear she's still got a long way to go. And I think the Zion Quinn does as well. Uh, a while ago, I put that thing up on the Discord the other day where she she was on that match with uh, Chris Statlander on SmackDown like two three years ago. Okay. I have a feeling she signed not too long after that. I think she's been there a while. You just haven't done anything with her. I think, yeah. But yeah, I think keep this storyline going. This is fine. But mm. just don't let it impact the matches like it is. Because both of them are really benefiting from having matches, more ring time, more TV time. And this match for Lopez against someone like Io Shirai, who's arguably like one of the best women in WWE, not just NXT, but Raw, yeah. SmackDown as well. This could have been a real standout match, I think, for Lopez against her. But they put the storyline in there and it's automatically kind of deviated against, away from what could have been like a really complete challenge for her. Um, yeah. And, it, 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 and that's what, for me, is ruining this, is I want to see both of them in the ring. I want to see both of them perform but they keep shifting to the kind of the drama that's happening outside the ring. Like 
allow the drama that's happening outside the ring to happen outside of the ring and away from the match, but allow the matches to be what they are or have the drama happen after the match, but don't let it impact the match to the point where it's a nonsense finish where, oh, they're taking advantage of a fucking mistletoe distraction. Stuff like that. Yeah. It's Christmas, mate. Come on. <laughs> uh, next up, uh, Carmella Hayes restrong, uh, responds to Strong's challenge for New Year's Evil. Um, then we get the Brian Kendrick responding to Gacy and Harlan. Says that he signed a waiver to no longer be a trainer and that he's going to compete next week in a match against fucking Harland. Yes, Brian Kendrick. I really hope he brings back Ezekiel Jackson. <laughs> That's all I want. His muscle. Big Reich from Luther Underground. Yeah, man. <laughs> they were cowards. This is pretty cool, though, man. Like, when was the last time Brian Kendrick was in the ring? Um, Six months ago, maybe more. I thought it was like two years. Well, because I, for me, I thought it was, it was, we were saying earlier on, you know, like when they started to fizzle out 205 Live, and yeah. they, they basically gutted the roster. Like anyone mm. that was any good, they just put on Raw SmackDown, and anyone else, they just got rid of. Yeah. So it was with the likes of like, I don't remember who was in there, like Jack Gallagher, TJP, he went a little bit before, but like that, like crop of people that were all in there. They were like Cedric. 2020, they all left though. Dorado, like, yeah. But yeah, he, it feels like maybe like earlier this year, maybe in the last time I remember seeing him. But then I didn't watch 205 Live that often. So I don't know how much he was involved with it. But that, for me, it seemed to be the only thing that he was ever on. I don't think he'd been on for a while. You're not. I think he'd become a trainer in the PC. Uh, it's just pretty cool though to see him yeah. like come back. Like, he's obviously going to get eviscerated. But, oh yeah, he's gonna die. Yeah, if I get to see him do slice bread number two once more, I'll be happy. That'd be okay with that. <laughs> um, then we get a little uh, on-screen graphic, as I said earlier, uh, for the uh, unification match that Wade Barrett is going to be presiding over uh, for the Cruiserweight Championship and North American Championship, and then we go into our main event, which is Bolognese enthusiast Valor tracks loving. Tony D'Angelo. What? Pete don't might like bolognese. It doesn't. It'd be vegan bolognese. Still might like it. Might like it. Did I? You asked them. Nah, I'm not on first name terms. You should, you should, should tweet them now. I tweet him. Do you like bolognese, Pete, mate? Are you a fan of vegan bolognese? You feel like vegan bolognese? You can run my mum's. She'll make you some. He's only from around the corner from where my mum lives. So I'll ask him, see what, see what he's up to. Uh, but yeah, Tony D'Angelo against fucking West Midlands lad, fucking Birmingham's number one, Pete Dunn. Tony Dunn. Uh, what? No, not Tony Macaroni. Stop it. Tony <laughs> about it. I see you there. I see you fucking, your fishing hook behind you, just trying to fucking chuck in the bait. Ah, <laughs> uh, the, match... <laughs> the match. The um... match. Tony shows some some really powerful assertiveness from the off. It's a fucking awesome looking like high angle like released German suplex and doesn't look like he really landed awkwardly on his neck. Uh, he responds by dodging another suplex attempt, uh, began stomping on the fingers of D'Angelo. Um, D'Angelo then found the second gear when Pete slapped the taste out of his mouth. He then hits another great looking suplex. Um, 
but then gave Dunn too much time to recover. He then fired back, hit a flurry of knee strikes, a running kick. Uh, the crowbar then comes back into play. Uh, D'Angelo pulls that out, but Dunn's wise to it this time, drags him into an armbar. Crowbar gets launched outside the ring. Uh, D'Angelo then pulls out the gum shield, uh, the, the mouth guard, um, and then he goes for his finisher uh, a few moments later. Again, Dunn's wise to it, reverses it, snaps the fingers and hits the bitter end to win. Um, this was a really good match. We get a little post-match kind of beat down. We see D'Angelo trying to attack Dunn from behind. Uh, Dunn rolls out the way, uh, but then it spills to the outside and D'Angelo eventually hits his swinging net breaker, which I think is his finisher. Um, and then he uses the crowbar to kind of snap his fingers on the announce desk. Um I haven't really done this match too much justice in going into much detail about it. But for me, like this was D'Angelo's kind of biggest test since he's been on, on NXT 2.0. And he really, really shone on this. Pardon? It was his first loss, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, it was a really good, intense physical match. Um, it was good to see what he can kind of do in that, that main event picture. Um Shows off a lot of his like collegiate like wrestling background as well. Like some of those suplexes he is in were fucking awesome, man. Like really, really good. Um, yeah, he's impressive. Yeah. The the feud is clearly just getting started as well. Like we kind of we saw the the teasings of that at war games. It's now carrying on. And I'm I'm glad because it's really, really interesting. Um and yeah, I think when Tony D'Angelo first debuted, like I don't know if you were saying it to wind a baron or not, but I know you said like I, I genuinely liked him. I genuinely yeah. thought he was yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I do as well. I'm not sure how it, long... It was just a happy accident it wound up on. <laughs> I'm not sure how long his, like, his gimmick will last. Like, how how tired or how quickly that's going to get tired, if you like. Yeah, I don't think it has, like, the same legs as, like, something like Braun Breaker, where he's already kind of feels like he could go all the way to, like, the main event of WrestleMania one day. yeah. Yeah. Whereas Tony D'Angelo, he feels like he could do, but with that current gimmick, he needs something to change to mm-hmm. get him to the next level. Yeah, yeah. But he's good. And uh, I didn't really know much about him before. Like, he's obviously got some kind of, like, collegiate kind of wrestling. I think he was an amateur there. wrestling champion in Chicago. Uh, okay. But I also think he, correct me if I'm wrong, I'll probably have to look it up. I think he used to play ice hockey as well. I'm sure he's... Like and I like how that comes into pro wrestling. I don't know, but it's clearly got a very athletic background. But he's cool. He's really good. I thought this, as I say, was just really kind of a step up for him. Biggest test that he's had so far. First loss he's taken. Um, I don't think the loss hurts him that much. Obviously, got his his payback afterwards. Um, and we'll probably get something at New Year's Evil, if not after. Um, yeah, I get like a nut. No, no DQ, but, no horse barred, something it, like that. What what am I talking about? It's going to be a crowbar and a pole. I was just about to say, be like a crowbar submission match or something like that. Um, um, so there's a hockey player called Tony D'Angelo. It's a different person. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. Right. Noted. <laughs> uh, there's no, there's no actual like thing listed for him here on Wikipedia to tell me anything more about him. Uh, well, anyway, that ties a bow nicely around this week's review of NXT 2.0. Yes, boy. What were your highs and lows? Um, 
my high was probably the main events. Yeah, I um, agree. I did really like Raquel versus Dakota though as well. Mm. And, um, yeah, it's a tough call between those. And you can't mention high without mentioning Riddle and MSK, can you? Uh, <laughs> my low probably just Dakota Kai losing as much as she has like mm. and repetition again like it, I said it before like WWE feels very formulaic these days it feels like there's a lot of repetition and there's no there's ne- never many really creative finishes to matches yeah and it's a shame because they used to be really good at that mm. obviously like they say like Pat Patterson was like the best like guy at finishing matches in like the business and it's shown because <laughs> there's no good finishes anymore. A lot. Yeah, because there's <clears throat> it's just so creatively bankrupt there. Yeah, the finishes these days. Uh, so probably just that. Like it's just as I say, it's it just feels very tired watching mm. it because it's so repetitive. Yeah, fair enough. I agree. I agree. Uh, yeah, my highs exactly the same as yours. Main event. I think Tony D'Angelo really shone in that. Really, really, really good performance. Um, my low is going to be Von Wagner against uh, Idris and Ovi. Not the match itself, although the match was a standard kind of squash. Heel gets like over cocky, pinned at the last minute. Uh, but that's my issue with it is just that copy and paste process. Uh, and I'm really, really tired of it. I'm not a fan of Von Wagner at all. However, they clearly have some stock invested in him. If you're going to have him beat someone like Kyle O'Reilly, clean, on his way out of the company, just protect him. Just do the right thing. Like, if this is the guy that you yeah. want to, to do something with, don't make him look like a prize prat two weeks after cleanly it beating feel very odd his next match after he loses. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's my low. Um, I don't think there were any questions in the mailbox. You did put a question in there before you gracefully agreed to come and do the review with me. Do you remember what your question was? Will there be bacon? Will that there, there's always bacon? There's um, always bacon, pal. <laughs> I can't remember what else. Though. You said, "Will we get think... Riddle versus Walter in NXT?" Artists? Oh, we've already we've already spoke about that. And we have. What do you think the potential of Grayson Waller is? Which we haven't really touched on. Didn't really touch on. Um, as I say, I, I really like him. And Aaron doesn't like him because he gets under his skin a bit. I'm like, but that's the point. Like, if he's that's doing that, that's... Not like Aaron. I know. I know, right? He was trying to compare him to that fucking Logan Paul dickhead. I, was like, I, well, think that's, I think that's what they're going for with all the Instagram stuff and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, at least like Grayson Waller's playing a character, whereas Logan Paul's a, an actual piece of shit. Yeah. So And his brother Jake is as well. Both of them. Pair of them. Detritus. Absolute waste of oxygen. <laughs> waste of sperm and eggs. Um, but yeah, no, Grayson Waller, I, I like him. I'd wipe them on his curtains. <laughs> oh, dear. yeah. I quite like Grayson Waller from what I've seen. I do. And I think they're positioning him to be like fucking obnoxious. Like, well, I mean, he already is, but like. He's going to be the new Miz, isn't he? Yeah. That's, yeah, that's exactly what I was going to That's the way I, that's the thing I got from watching him on this. It feels like they're trying to build him up as like the new Miz. Like, 
even down to the fact that he's like, I'm, I'm out to get all these indie guys like the Miz was. Yeah. It does feel that way. Yeah. Which, yeah. I mean, fair play. Miz has made a fucking hell of a career out of being a mid-card. Exactly. Yeah. More, more than I can say for his uh, biggest rival, Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> Aaron, if you're listening. <clears throat> have you also noticed Aaron's put Dolph in as most underrated again this year? And Will Ospreay. Yeah, he's going to be paying those Russian bots off, isn't he? 100%. 100%. Yeah, speaking of which, uh, more on that, I say more on that later, more on that on our social media, which if you don't follow us already, you can do on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Untitled Wrestling Podcast and Twitter, Twitch, and Discord at Untitled Rest Pod. We will be making an announcement, I think, at time recording within the next 24 hours as to our second annual... um, UWP big award ceremony of the year where we've got 13, 14 categories. Uh, and we have also got another announcement about a big fat quiz of the year that we're doing. So yeah, check out our socials, join us for that. We'd really appreciate it. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye. Hello, yes, Dan Housen here. Dan Housen has been summoned. You must love this podcast housing, the Untitled Wrestling Podcast housing. <laughs>